0: Crew, this is Mark Hadmaker coming to you from the Comancheria. The uh, title of today's sermon is When You Want to Break the Rules, Look to the Rule Breakers. Okay, Hey, let's open with a quote. This is Sir Archibald Wavell. This is coming from his volume, The Training of the Army for War, written in February of 1933. This is him. Quote, one well-known brigadier always phrases his requirements of the ideal infantryman as, quote, athlete, stalker, marksman, unquote. I'm going to repeat that. Athlete, stalker, marksman. Back to uh, Mr. Wavell. I always feel a little inclined to put it on a lower plane and to say that the qualities of a successful poacher, cat burglar, and gunman would content me, So here we have this uh, good, brilliant military mind saying he wants something a little bit more than the uh, rule-bounded athlete. Now, let's uh, continue on. Now, again, this offering that we're talking about that is best read in conjunction or listened to in conjunction with some prior offerings. We've uh, talked about the Empirical Fighter Rules for the Serious Combatant. There's a podcast episode entitled that, as well as What is this Black Box Project? I'd listen to that. And uh, also, I'd say, have a read over in our blog of the Leg Breakers, Street Dentist and Enforcers. And now let's establish our our priors. Now, combat sports, be they wrestling, boxing, MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, etc., are rough and ready endeavors. we got no arguments there. A sport, a skill, a study, any area of focus is improved by frequent practice and ready use. That is, our badminton player who plays four to five days per week is likely more facile with a blistering fast shuttlecock return than, say, someone like me who plays at best one afternoon a summer. Or we can look to boxers, let's say circa 1920s, ratcheting on average over 100 fights in a career and many, many, many more off-the-record bouts in clubs and smokers, giving some of these guys double their official fight tally. These fighters with constant exposure to the ins and outs of the game adhered to the frequency of use rule and had more tips, tricks, and tactics in their nagas than the fighter who pulls at best you know, four, five, six fights per year. It just makes sense. They're in there all the time. You pick up more. Now, again, regarding the 1920s fighters, for example, we're not talking training time. We are talking bouts. Some fighters are taking on average a fight every two weeks. There's some guys who were doing a fight a week, but around on average every two weeks or three weeks, this was almost a given. Now, if we add corresponding gym time, we can imagine how much more familiarity with all matters fistic such an athlete would be than ours in comparison quarterly dabbler. A sport, be it badminton, boxing, or free diving, has designated boundaries, strictures, rule sets. Uh, Now, be those rules no hair pulling, or don't clip the net, or let's keep it under the face of the glove, boys, the well-understood rules are what make an endeavor a sport, and not a bit of chaos resembling a sport. Now, to excel in any given endeavor, any given sport, athletes will play to the boundaries of the game in question. Their thinking and their performance become bounded by the black and white words in the rule book the best athletes in any endeavor understand those margins and play to and exploit those defined margins. We must keep in mind That's why there's sports, so we can understand what we want to call kosher play. It's not necessarily bad sportsmanship, so much we want to understand, hey, this is how the game works, don't color outside the lines, roll the die, only move that number, and then let's move along. And once you get out of that, it's chaos, no longer sports. Upset a bit of randomness. So with all that in mind, we have an athlete who understands those margins well, can color inside the lines just fine, but prefers the vast territory beyond the lines of acceptable play, then when I match my game against his or hers, where I li- um, they live in a world of chaotic freedom of expression, well, I am hamstrung by my own bounded training because of the rules of specificity in training. You know, how you train is how you fight. If you train within bounds and strictures, that's what you're going to get. See, my mind and body have become grooved to a rule book of acceptable play. I may recognize immediately that the game has gone non-kosher and outside the lines, and I decide that I shall too go beyond as well, but... My mind and body have been grooved. They've been trained to the acceptable boundaries. I must make cognitive effort to step outside and beyond what has been grooved, whereas my free willing opponent has no such cognitive boundaries to overcome. And again, that cognitive jump is not nearly as easy as we think. We're going to cover this in great detail very soon. I've already alluded to it when we talked about uh, why possibly shadow boxing is not a way, uh, not something to have in your training regimen. Well, We'll get into it. We're going to get to the science behind it and what some of the old school thought on it, and we'll train it up. You can make your own uh, uh, estimation out of it once we hit that. Again, I would also urge you to have a listen to the Empirical Fighter Rules of the Serious Combatants so we can have a little bit more of the science about what it talks about how hard it is to, I mean, again, if you train for specificity, you train within a rule set, hard to take the step over the top, even if you tell yourself constantly, I will, just saying it and thinking it ain't going to make it happen. Now, if our freewheeling player are the ones really his trains outside the rules, they also have the benefit of frequent pragmatic application of this freewheeling mindset and arsenal and real proving grounds. Well, then I'm doubly lost if I match myself against them. Not only uh, are they working all the time at what they do, they're working all the time outside the rule set and they're working that outside the rule set arsenal. When we take a rule breaker with the fight record of a 1920s fighter in their own domain, we have an entirely new animal. The law of frequent use will make this uh, beyond and not mere tools to snatch at when the going gets tough. But the first choice is at any given an opportunity. In other words, where we might be playing our sportive applications, then we have to decide, oh, I'm going to go a bit beyond. Where their first move is the beyond. All right, we're already uh, uh, playing at a deficit here. Uh, we're back to where we're uh, the cat burglar, the poacher, the gunman that the uh, our, uh, General Wavell wanted. A rule breaker that takes an agreed-upon rule set and sanctioned tactics who then alters them, augments them, and revises them into a new animal altogether It's a formidable animal itself. Now, I'm going to retread a bit of territory we've covered uh, before in past, uh, past podcast episodes and blog entries about l- leg breakers and street dentists and mob enforcers. we we'll returned to our eye on the Boxing Mob Connection. The connection between old-school boxers, old-school wrestlers of the legitimate sort, and those who moonlighted a bit in both worlds is vast and almost astonishing in its roster. If we add those who never competed in a legitimate game, but were considered fearsome nevertheless by those who did play at top levels in the sport side of things, well, the, the, the roster quadruples. The observations follow from Joseph Donnie Brasco Pistone. Yeah, it's like for the film, based on the real guy. Uh, these, you gonna know, actually from the words of uh, Pistone himself. These are simply one voice in the know. I could have picked four for many, but I chose the guy that I figured would be most familiar uh, to the ear. We could easily add hundreds more like observations of the historical record of folks saying gangsters, mobsters, wise guys, hard bastards, hooligans, and thugs knew what they were doing and in most cases knew more than the sport saturated will ever know. Uh, again, think of the film uh, you know, Hard Times with Charles uh, Bronson where we, we've got this early days of bare knuckle. You, you see kicking in there, you see elbows, you've seen less than kosher tactics, which you know, clearly you take that and you match that against standard bare knuckle, that's a new animal altogether. Then if we go back to that same thing, the more we add in, the more tools available, at a, the more formidable the, the beast is. And I think we all, it's, just a, it's a statement of obviousness. Now, Mr. Pistone's observation is echoed in testimony from the 70, 1750s of uh, Ford on both sides of the pond. And never forgetting that Ronnie and Reggie Cray were just two notable examples of folks who took what they had learned in the legitimate ring and upped it outside the game. The following holds for boxing and wrestling. I mean, scufflers from the uh, Barbary Coast of the five points put their skills to less than savory use. Gerald Kircher's 1938 novel Night in the City, although ostensibly about corruption in the wrestling game, also had a knowing eye on quote performers who moonlighted, unquote. Now, let's turn it over to Joseph T. Stone, Donnie Brasco, a man who went deep undercover with the mob, a brave man who knows of what he speaks. Quote When you grow up in the streets, you get into a lot of street fights. No way around it. Plain and simple. That's why a lot of your champion boxers grew up on the streets. In Patterson, New Jersey, I got into situations all the time where the only way out was with my fist. The first time you punch someone in the face, you are almost shocked by the violence of it. The blood, the crunching sound, the breaking bones. After that, it's a piece of cake. I punched a lot of people in my day, uh, almost always in situations where it was punch or be punched. One thing I knew not to do was go looking for a fight. Why provoke a fight when the guy might have a knife or gun? If, however, you sense that a fight's inevitable, you must make sure you get in the first punch. Once I start hanging out uh, with wise guys, though, I'm surprised at how they went around almost eager to mix it up. They knew they had a tremendous advantage almost every uh, everyone who crossed their paths and utter fearlessness about fighting. Wise guys do everything with their fists. Fighting's a way to negotiate, send a message, settle a debt, even have a little fun on a slow night. I saw wise guys beat up waiters, shopkeepers, cab drivers, you name it. I never saw a wise guy lose a fight. If you ever had the misfortune to be punched by a wise guy, you won't soon forget it. I got punched by wise guys a couple of times, they punch pretty good, unquote. Now, Mr. Pistone goes on to say that the fights are not of the barroom dust-up pose of variety. You know, throw a few of, hey, man, are we done here, variety? He he refers to the intensity, the educated use of force. Again, back to him, quote, I have seen wise guys beat the bloody hell out of people. It takes a while to do, but if you know where and how to punch a guy, blame it, you can kill him, unquote. Sounds a little bit of a street dentistry there, doesn't it? Now, he is just one of the many insiders who refer to street dentistry as being a different animal than boxing. What looks like standard punching or boxing correlates is often just that. Something that looks like it. Often the resemblance ends there. Uh, our most recent Black Box volume, the ones available in the, this month of December, Black Box 16, um, Raw 229, we have a few... We run a, a submission set, but it's, it's street submission. It's not your sportive stuff. These are all it uh, snaps. Absolutely. But even before before we get there what you might even term a hold down something from the outside that looks benign it's it's living hell it's one of those things you've got to experience and once you do it do your training partners become fewer and fewer because it's just every step of the way is just got nerves popping left and right and again, let's go back to these uh, these wise guys. Uh, we have uh, Pistone talking about how often they were fighting. This is also that frequency of actual use of the skill set which further hones tactics and strategy. An increased exposure to tool honing opportunity that recalls the fight records of the 1920s in the No Boxer. Mr. Pistone on frequency and provocation. Again, this is him, quote, Hell, people have been savagely beaten for accidentally bumping into wise guys. So if you get into some kind of altercation with someone who looks like a wise guy, walk away. No, 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 no. Run away. Wise guys love getting a Fights and they never lose. Unquote. Now, to conclude, I repeat, actual street arsenals may resemble their sporting correlates, may resemble them, but the historical and tactical record reveals the similarities in, in appearances. Those who assume otherwise may make a deadly mistake. Now, for our own protection, To confront the predators and rule breakers of the world, we must allow our own education in rule breakers to come from those who know intimately how to break the rules and not just the bending of the rules of a sport. So, yes, the sports are a great base. But uh, that's it. That's the foundation. After the house we build out of that and what the rough and tumble house is, is just mayhem, guys. So uh, take care of yourselves. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas.